Star Wars podcast based out of beautiful Seacoast, Exeter, New Hampshire. We're coming on down. We are on our Future of Star Wars tour. This is our second stop. We were at White Mountain Comic Con not that long ago. We plan on hitting massive Comic Con in Worcester. Uh, hopefully, Kineticon will be back in Hartford very soon in July. But it's really awesome to be back in Connecticut as the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. And this is your where you grew up? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I grew up in Southbury, Connecticut, so it's kind of funny that I'm back here in Connecticut once again uh, with my fellow Connecticutites, as I like to call them. Um, so let's kick off this podcast and let's get talking some Star Wars. Let's go. start that off. Um, but Sean, everybody here, thank you once again. We're It's so awesome to be back in Connecticut. We have our viewers over on YouTube. We have people over on Facebook watching right now. So you guys are also part of the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network family while you are here. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Sean, uh, the, the cool thing about talking about Star Wars and for anybody who knows about the podcasting business and uh, I guess you could call it a business. I, I, not, 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 not yet. Not yet, I know, we're not making any money yet. But um, when we get to that point, we can finally call it a business. And the cool thing about it is that you get to connect with friends, family, and the best part is the Star Wars fans. And that's you guys, you guys are the Star Wars fans, and when we get to travel and we get to talk with you, it's some of the best conversations we have. No single podcast network episode can be being here with you, the fans. No, yeah, I, I agree. It's all, it's all about the fans, and for us as a podcast, we always reach out to fans, and we all connect with each other. There's volume. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it, it's great to be here. Great to talk to stars, and we have a lot to break down, especially it's the Rise of the Villains panel. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's right. We're going to be breaking down some of the galaxy's baddest villains. We're going to be breaking down everything happening at Star Wars Celebration this past week. Everything that happened when it comes to the villains and maybe some stuff that we might see heading into the future of Star Wars. However, I think we do have to kick it off with uh, a specific person that was in the latest film known as Rogue One when it comes to villains. And it's a... So who, who's in Rogue One here? Ah, there we yeah, go. There we go. I, I, I guess it's kind of a no-brainer in some way. <laughs> if they're here at the panel, then they probably have seen Rogue One in some form or something. I know, I know. But the, the cool thing about Rogue One, and one of these specific characters, I want you guys to yell out if you know his name, is a little name known as Darth Julius Vader. And um, he's, he's a major character in the Star Wars universe. I think we can come to that conclusion. Yeah. But the, the cool thing about how Darth Vader was portrayed in Rogue One was that a lot of Star Wars fans were very concerned about what his role was going to be in Rogue One. And I think a lot of us as Star Wars fans were a little concerned that, are we going to see Vader every five seconds? Because as Star Wars fans, Sean, I think that's something we don't want always. I mean, we love our Vader. Don't get us wrong. But one of the best things is to have just a little sprinkle of Vader throughout a film like Rogue One. No, yeah. When, when Rogue One was released, I was concerned about the, how, how much he was going to be in, in Rogue One. And... He, he played it perfectly, and just 
around 10 minutes of the movie. It's like <laughs> yeah, he didn't really have that much of a role, but when we did see Vader, and a lot of you who have seen Rogue One know this, the first time we see him, of course, is on Mustafar, and we finally get Vader's castle in le from Legends into the canon, and boy, that moment, Sean, we were sitting in the theater, and I was like, right, is he back on Mustafar? Right, at least for all this pain? Back from Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> And it was such a great, great moment. And it's a big, big deal. And a lot of Star Wars fans talk about this. And we talk about it here on the Podcast Network all the time. And it's something that has to be talked more about, is that Star Wars now that Disney took it over back in 2012, there is really a focus on now starting to dig into content, digging into the legend stuff, digging into uh, some of the source material that's been sitting out there for a long, long time. And it's something that fans have always wanted in this universe. They've always wanted to be reconnected to the books that they grew up with. I know back in high school, that's probably the only books I ever read. My teachers got sick and tired of me doing book reports on the Thrawn trilogy or the Darth Bane series. I mean, it got really old. No, no, yeah, I, I used to read, read the, like, really tiny stars books. <laughs> like the, the, I had a, Not the, the kitty ones. No, no. Oh, okay. It was probably middle school. Okay. Like one, but it's that's like, good. It, one, there's one with the Boba Fett one and Jim oh, Fett. Good, good read for a uh, middle schooler. And I'm excited to put a group on that. <laughs> We're encouraging all middle schoolers to please binge your teacher with Star Wars content because they will give you a good grade if they are a good teacher. Uh, that's not true, but no. I'm just saying that out there just for now. Um, but the great part about bringing this source material back into the Star Wars universe is not just its ability to create other universes and its ability to create new stories. We kind of saw that with Rogue One when Vader's castle appeared. A lot of Star Wars fans were like, wow, you know, this could really be a game changer in terms of how Star Wars goes about putting out the films. And as we know, Sean, Star Wars has extended its films through 2030. Yeah. We're, we're really excited for more Star Wars content and especially with uh, more villains. And we kind of hope if you guys have you guys seen uh, Star Wars Rebels? Anybody watch Star Wars Rebels here? Oh, there we go. There we go. There's one villain that's from the content of uh, Thrawn. If you guys read the old trilogy stuff. Yeah, the Thrawn trilogy was just... so great. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's something special about Thrawn too. And Sean, I want I, like I I know your opinion on it, but yeah. for the fans here who might not listen to the podcast yet or want to know what your perspective on this is, is that. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a unique character, and if you don't know really his background, he's considered an alien within the Empire. And the Empire is a is a group that just does not take well to alien species. And for Thrawn to have earned his respect with the Emperor was a huge, huge move. And for that to be within the canon as well is a big, big move for Star Wars, and it's going to be exciting. Oh my goodness! This 501st. The 501st is here! Love it, love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now it's officially a panel. This is now officially a panel because we now have troopers with us. But as I was speaking of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and we'll also get into some of the legends of some of these troopers back here as well when it comes to villains. Thrawn, it's so great to have him back in the canonized universe. And I think Star Wars has more of a plan for him than just doing Rebels and the book, obviously. We, we hope to see him maybe in a, not a standalone film, but maybe 
further in the trilogy of the new movies. I know we're both really big Thrawn fans, but there's also other uh, Sith Lords that were important that I would love to see in the, the movies. And it would be great to see just some story progression in terms of how he goes. And just throwing it back to Rogue One and everything, I mean, there's one specific trooper that I have fallen in love with. And you guys might know, it goes by the name of the Death Trooper. And it is something that has been, I know, I know, you're going to, and I expected that to happen. <laughs> and, and, the, and one of the best parts about the Death Trooper, I think, is that it was originally in Star Wars Legends, the Death Trooper. You know, we had the Death Trooper book, we had a lot of source material for it, and you know what, they kind of almost revamped it in some ways for Rogue One. They took it and they said, you know what, we're gonna scale it back, we're gonna put it in the canon, and we're also gonna make them have probably the best outfits, sorry guys, uh, probably closest to the Shadow Trooper. I know, he's gonna go after me. <laughs> And there goes one podcast member. And there goes one podcast member. Uh, luckily, we have four others, right? Um, but <laughs> not here, but not here with us. But no, the, the cool thing about it is that that was a big move for Star Wars to yet again insert some more troopers. They, of course, put in the Scarif Stormtrooper as well. Um, some some more characters um, in terms of Stormtroopers. Yeah, like do we see more more different troopers in the upcoming movie with the Last Jedi coming? And that, that's good excited. If you guys haven't seen the, the trailer, you should guys check that out. Yeah, if, if you guys it definitely just, I'm just gonna echo Sean. If you guys haven't seen the Last Jedi teaser trailer for the upcoming film, there's going to be a focus on villains and a lot of our heroes at the same time. But while we're on Rogue One, let's finish it off with one specific villain that really surprised me, which was Director Krennic, or as Tarkin says, Director Krennic. Um, he is. He's, one, he's one, one sly guy. He is one sly guy, absolutely. He is not what I expected him to be, and I have to say, Ben Mendelsohn did a wonderful, wonderful job of taking on that character. I mean, especially with not much source material for him, and to be able to insert him into that film. Especially, carry that, especially that scene with Vader and Krennic together, and we see a lot of tension between them, because Krennic seems, he, he, he thinks he's top, uh, higher than Vader, which he's not. <laughs> and then he, he gets really scared. Right. Yeah, and it's just, you know, Rogue One did such a great job of, and I think we can all agree as Star Wars fans, Rogue One did some pretty, pretty cool stuff. Things that we haven't seen in the Star Wars universe yet. Things that we've been playing out in video games like Battlefront, you know, uh, these war scenarios that Star Wars is kind of, I guess, the original trilogy kind of did that with space battles and everything. But boy, Rogue One with space battles, ground battle, and the battle, um, I can't remember the name of the planet now off the top of my head, the Imperial uh, Research Base. Oh, that was... Uh, Octu? No, uh, not Octu. That's from the next movie. Octu's next movie on... Edu. Yeah, there it is, Edu. And that was such a cool, cool scene. And I think as we move closer to The Last Jedi, obviously right around the corner, December 15th of this year, I think we're going to see some more of that space battle, and the teaser trailer kind of touched upon that at times. It did. I had a lot of feeling, especially with the Revenge of the Sith, that opening scene with that space battle. It, it, it gives a lot of similarities with it, so I hope we're going to really get space battle. <laughs> we do need them. Um, space battles are one of the best parts of the Star Wars universe. They allow, not saying that the ground troopers can't take care of the job, but they certainly can do that as well, and I'm, I'm pro we're probably going to see some of that 
as well. But as we head closer and closer to The Last Jedi, I think when it comes to villains, Sean, there's a lot of people that were established in The Force Awakens, and we're gonna get sh some questions from you guys as well about maybe, or maybe some thoughts that you have about Force Awakens and now as we're heading closer to The Last Jedi, but there was one specific villain that took me by surprise in uh, Force Awakens specifically, and it was the character of Kylo Ren. And, you know, obviously, you wanna talk about digging into source material, the idea of Obviously, Leia and Han having a kid, that's something that was in Legends, except we had Jason Solo and Jaden Solo. And we ended up with Ben Solo. And obviously, he turned on Luke and turned to the dark side. We don't know that officially yet, but... Um, we'll, we'll wait until the last Jedi. We'll see what Luke has to say. Obviously, he's going to have something to say in that case. But he was really surprising because he's a very confused person. He really doesn't know where he places himself in the galaxy. And... He's very, very, I mean, I guess Leia said it the best in, in episode seven, The Force Awakens. She said, you know, he, he's, he's still young and, um, you know, he still has good in him. She felt that right away. And I think there's going to be this nice little balance with Kylo Ren between the dark side. The same thing with Obi Wan saying that to Anakin. He's just still good in you. And we kind of we see that in Vader sometimes, but he's really turned to the dark side. We, we don't know how Kylo Ren's gonna go. Maybe he'll turn back to the light side. We don't know. And that's a, that's a theory that's been floating around for quite some time. But we want to hear what you guys have to think. Did you guys really like Force Awakens when it came out in 2015? Were you big fans of it? Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it did some really, really unique things. And it was probably one of the best ways to reintroduce us to the Star Wars universe. As I say on the podcast all the time, if you listen to it, I say it. Force Awakens jump-started the Star Wars craze once again. And it's always been there, but it's always, it, after, of course, the prequels um, and Revenge of the Sith, it kind of took a backseat for some time. The other villain that, that that's really appreciated in the Star Wars film was, was Snoke. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot of theories on Snoke, and we're not gonna go in much into <laughs> it, because all of them could be wrong. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, like, Supreme Leader Snoke is one of those characters when we first saw him in Force Awakens, I think a lot of us were taken back by his presence on the screen. I mean, you're talking about uh, somebody in Andy Serkis who is known to play, of course, Gollum yeah. from um, oh, the Lord of the Rings, and he's also been well known for his voice acting roles, but just to see him as the character Supreme Leader Snoke, not necessarily as him, but doing the voice of him, Right. There's a lot of questions out there about this character, and I think it'd be kind of cool for the fans if we proposed a couple of theories, maybe some of the ones that we've talked about before, and just to kind of get their thoughts on uh, some of the theories that are out there. Sean, I know you have a couple ideas when it comes to Supreme Leader Snow, but uh, well, the, the, the one theory that I'm, I'm really onto is that uh, from the legends, a uh, uh, Snoke is Darth Plagueis, and there's all you can see his. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to <laughs> Sorry, I lost my thought there. But uh, Plagueis was, was a really good villain in, in the books and all that. And I, I would love to see him as Snoke. I'm going to be wrong even when I find out. That's okay. It's okay to be wrong. That's what we always say on the podcast. I don't, I don't care if I'm wrong or not. <laughs> it's always okay to be wrong. Uh, my specific theory when it comes to Snoke, and it's it's one that I think is caught on in some ways, but it's still not well known, is that uh, Snoke is Snoke. 
Snoke is nobody. Snoke is just a character that Star Wars has developed to continue on with this film series, whether it's the next couple films or whether they want to continue it into, obviously what we're going to see is episode 10, 11, and 12 uh, in the near future, but I don't see Supreme Leader Snoke being anybody of great importance. Um, I think he's probably he's something- He's important though. Yeah, well, he, well, yes, but not of great importance in terms of having to go back and do a lot of right. research. The theory I'm really running with is that Snoke has existed for thousands and thousands of years, and Emperor Palpatine knew about him. He was somewhere out in the depths of the galaxy, and you know, he, he, there was really no presence of Snoke at any point. He understood that Vader and Palpatine were the ones to bring the Empire down at some point, that their consistent butting of heads was going to bring what was supposed to be the forever lasting Empire down to an end. And if you guys have read, I don't know if any of you read the canonized books at all, I don't want to spoil any of them, but in the recent book, Empire's End, which was uh, Chuck Wendig's last book in the Aftermath series, which I have to say, the first one was such a slow read, it's most appropriate that I'm talking about books at a library, but <laughs> um, the first one was a slow read and then you get into the second and third one, and boy, oh boy, the third one packed a punch because it told us a lot, no spoilers really, about, uh, oh, I love having the 501st and, and the Stormtroopers here. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but it, it's, it brings up a great point that Palpatine specifically, he knew something was out there. He knew something was out in the outer reaches. And when the Empire was going to fall, he was going to send the Empire elsewhere. And that's where Jakku comes into play. Who would ever think that that desert planet that Finn is like, why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? You know, it actually yeah. plays a significant piece in the modernized Star Wars canon heading forward. It does, especially with, with, with Rey and, and Finn. With, and there's a lot of theories with Rey as well and her side of uh, the balance of the Force with dark and light. And we'll, we'll, we'll see that in The, in the Lost Jedi. But I, I can't wait to see how her will come out as as a or the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I what more your other theory? That's, that's well, cool. you know, that that's the thing is that Ray is such a great character, and I, and I just have to say, Ray is probably one of the best role models in Star Wars for young females. Um, you want to talk about a beard? I mean, we've seen it with Leia, we've seen it with now Sabine and with Hera in the now, Star Wars. And now Jin. Yeah, exactly with Jin Erso. And it's so beautiful to see this progression in terms of the female focus in Star Wars. And Rey is probably one of the best we've seen in a long time other than Princess Leia. And whether she turns to the dark side or not, I mean, personally, I would love to see Rey turn to the dark side because I feel like it would add an extra level to the Star Wars universe. I don't want to see another Anakin Skywalker no, story. No. I don't want to see it play out like the prequels in any way. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I've appreciated the prequels over some time now, but I, do, I just don't want to see that play out now because I think she's such a unique character and the way that she came about the Force um, also has a nice balance of good and bad at the same time. Right. It's, and... I don't know. It, I really... I, really I got like, you stumped. Yeah, I, I really like that theory. I didn't mean to do that. He uses it every time. time but I'm sorry. The other theory that I actually did love is that she was, she's the reincarnation of Darth Vader. That's one of your favorites too. Yeah, I know, I don't want to talk about it much because no. I get a lot of fan feedback on that one. 
No, but we'll, we'll keep that on the down low. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a theory. If you start talking about it, you got to keep it on the down low because then you get Star Wars fans. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm going to do an impression of, of certain Star Wars fans out there, and they come up to me and they and they go, "Well, you know, Anakin Skywalker was once a different character, and then you know he was possibly a reincarnation." It's like, come on, wait a second, whoa, 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 slow down. As Luke Skywalker says in the Last Jedi trailer, breathe, just breathe. And just take a step back and let's look at this character in some different ways because that's the best part about theorizing. And I put out a recent article on BrickCityBlockade.com and over on the physical iTunes site. You guys can subscribe over there. And it was about why Star Wars theories are so great. And it's not because you can criticize them. I know I just made a bunch of Star Wars fans probably very mad somewhere probably. else. But um, the best part is that Star Wars theories, you can take them any direction you want. The Supreme Leader Snoke theories, you can take any direction you want, and you can grasp it, and you can run with it, and you can write articles about it, and nobody should have to criticize you about it, because that's the universe that we have. That's, that's great, especially with the Star Wars community. Everyone's, most, most people in the Star Wars community are forgiving, and most, well, most people. <laughs> we, we like to connect, and everyone loves to express their opinions, and... It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, it, it's, it's because you're a Star Wars fan, and that's what it's all about. Especially with this community, and especially for us as a podcast, too. Absolutely, that's why we bring on so many people. I mean, we just recently sat down with um, Emily Druin, who's a wonderful, wonderful comic book artist from Nashville, New Hampshire, and it was just great to get the perspective of other people, you know, when it comes to Star Wars fans, it's not just people in the podcasting community. It's not people who are involved in the films. It's comic book creators. It's people who simply sit at home and maybe are drawing pictures at the same time. I mean, it's 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 such a vast community. All, all ages. Yeah. And, and it's and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And like I said before, the Star Wars universe is going to continue way past 2030. I don't see it ending any time soon with the fans. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, just to take take the ride with everybody else as we move closer and closer to the Last Jedi. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this, this next movie. This, and this podcast to grow, and we're gonna be here for hopefully not for, for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want my grave saying R.I.P. BCB. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want that, but if we can get to that point, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, if I could put that on my gravestone, sure, why not? You know? <laughs> That's kind of dark, sorry. No. I say that all the time. It's kind of dark. Um, it's okay. But you guys out there, what, what, uh, do you have any questions for us when it comes to Star Wars? Uh, maybe some opinions or some thoughts that you have about the Star Wars universe that you'd like to share with us, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit, because that's what we like doing. We like to get the fan opinion and to kind of run with it because that's always the best part is just kind of break it down at any time. So you guys have any questions, any kind of comments about the Star Wars universe you like to? Thank you. Uh, yeah. I knew somebody was going to bring this up, so we got prepared. What is it, Sean? What do you think? Tell us. Tell us now. Sorry, I didn't mean to be demanding. What was the question? I didn't Oh, uh, what do we think about the Darth Jar Jar theory? Oh, we just lost a bunch of people. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this, is what, this is where I quit this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this podcast ends now. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, the no. Darth Jar Jar theory, though, Sean. 
No, it, it, it's, it's really interesting, just because everyone has theories, but it's, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, the, you know, that's fine. It's a, it's a theory there. What are you thinking? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, Misa do nothing for the empire. No, I'm kidding. You know, the beauty of Jar Jar Binks is that, you know, he's one of those characters, and I gotta give credit to Ahmed Best. He had no idea he was getting into that role. They said, oh yeah, we're gonna put your voice, we're gonna put you in an animated character. It's like, oh great, maybe I get to play some kind of uh, CGI Imperial Stormtrooper or something. No, no, they they put him in as Jar Jar Binks. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know, and, and the sad thing is, is that, again, if you guys have read Empire's MT, he obviously hits a very rough part in his life, and I think we kind of expected that uh, with the way he was going with the Emperor and everything. But the Dark Jar Jar theory is one where I don't like talking about it all the time, but it's an interesting one because there is some truth to it. There is some truth to it. Jar Jar did help the Emperor gain control and really move the Republic into the Empire. He was the one who passed a lot of the trade and trade um, deals between Naboo and the Republic, and a lot of people oversee it, but Naboo was really the birthplace of the Empire in many ways, not necessarily Coruscant, because Jar Jar allowed, um, as the Supreme Chancellor of Naboo at the time, he allowed the forces to come in and basically take over the government there, and it was really the first planet that experienced the true wrath of the Empire. So in a way, is Jar Jar Binks, no, Jar Jar Binks, yeah, that's, that's a new character. Jar Jar um, is Jar Jar Binks a Sith Lord in any way? Misa um, don't think so. No, but I, I think that there's a lot of growth in terms of maybe this theory, and I think it's a, one of the best fan theories I've heard out there, because you can have a lot it's, of fun. It's one of the craziest ones ever. <laughs> but it, it's, it's just fun to listen to, listen to everyone's theories. So basically your answer is no, but yes. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay, we'll throw that one in there too. Anybody else? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I mean, I like your idea about uh, Snoke being just Snoke. Like he's not connected to anybody in the extended universe or anything like that. But that was sort of my hope for the character of Brett. Right. Yeah, that, that's what we thought too. I, I kind of hope that she would too, just because there's too many theories. We just want to have like a original storyline as as Ray, in my for my opinion. You bring up a really good point, and. You know, I, I've thought about this endless times, sitting up at night. I mean, I was, I sweat over it all the time. No, I'm kidding, it's not that bad. Uh, I would have some serious issues if that was the case. I couldn't get up for work in the morning if that was the case. And I work in a school so my students would notice. But the thing is, is that Rey should be her own character. If they want to connect her to Luke Skywalker, that's fine with me. If they want to play it out that way, but don't, but don't do it in a way where you just say, Look, it's Ray Skywalker. No, you gotta, you gotta ease it in. You got to ease it into the fans because, again, there are a lot of theorists out there that are going to look at it and be like, "This is Disney. This is just Disney throwing a marketing scheme at the fans." You know, I, and again, after 2012, a lot of Star Wars fans were concerned about how this universe was going to progress and whether we were going to get too much into the beauty of the beast format. 
And I'm telling you right now, Rey is no Beauty and the Beast character. Beauty, though. She is beauty, but she's not Beauty and the Beast. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out. And I always say I say it all the time on the podcast, if you guys listen to our recent episode, um, A New Hope was really what the format of Force Awakens was. Reintroducing us to this universe, bringing us back. And Ryan Johnson recently came out yesterday, if you guys didn't know this, and he said that there is going to be no Empire Strikes Back tone in The Last Jedi. Do I fully believe that? No. Because I think Disney's format is, let's keep this marketable so that Star Wars fans from past generations can also be reintroduced to this universe at the same time. So personally, I think they're going to ease it in a way that's similar to when Darth Vader said, no, I am your father. But not as dramatic, because you don't want to really overshadow that in any kind of way. We, we don't want Luke saying, I am your father. No. Jeez. Oh, Boy, would that be a game changer if Luke was the one that said, no, I am your father. But no, just just to kind of sum up what, what we want to say about that question is that, you know, or your comment is that Ray should be her own character. There should be a story behind her, and I think if they do go that route, get ready for comic books, get ready for canon content, and possibly get ready for something animated around it, because Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney like to market their concepts. It was how Star Wars Rebels started. Exactly, especially with Hera and Sabine yeah. as their own characters and not just random characters. Right, exactly. Anybody else have any kind of questions or comments that they about the Star Wars universe? It could be really anything, any kind of theories, Darth Jar Jar. Um, I, I just love breaking this stuff down with fans. Yeah. Speaking of Rey, what do you think are, I don't know if you've ever heard the theory that she is now another child of the Force. Mm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Sean? No, you start, because mine's going to be, mine, just get ready. You go first. Uh, you don't have to talk no. right away, by the way. No, I know. I, see, I asked you to go first. Think about it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go first. Um, and that, that's a nice little segue off of what we just talked about, is that, um, you know, it's, it's funny because the reincarnation of Rey theory, like she is a child of the Force, what do they always say, that Anakin was the virgin birth of the Force and whatever else, that he was the chosen one in many ways. And let, let's go back with a, with, with a quick history lesson here of Anakin Skywalker so that we can connect it. Um, Anakin really didn't have a father in any kind of way. It was believed that he was a virgin birth of the Force, that he was the chosen one. However, it was later found out that, well, Anakin definitely did balance the Force. He allowed there to be only two Sith Lords, two Sith Lords, and two Jedi. Before that, there were only two Sith Lords and hundreds and hundreds of Jedi. So technically, he did balance out the Force. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the the beauty was that Luke was technically the chosen one. It was recently said in Star Wars Rebels when Darth Maul, spoiler alert, was killed off by Obi Wan on Tatooine. He, Darth Maul looked right at Luke and he said, you know who the chosen one is. And he said, Luke. So it's it almost kind of reverses in, in its way. And if we are to have Rey be either a reincarnation in some kind of way, a virgin birth in the Force again, does that mean she's a chosen one in many ways? Are these a specific line of Force users that take on a very different direction? Anakin Skywalker went the path to the dark side. Is Rey going to go the path of the light side? and, you know, have that balance there. I don't know. It's a great theory. I think 
it's definitely within the realm of possibility that that's the direction they're going to go in because, again, like I said before, I don't see them going down the same route as Anakin Skywalker again in the prequels because they know how that ended up with Star Wars fans. So I hope that answered your question. Sweet. Anybody else? Any kind of comments, questions? Uh, yeah. Do you think they're going to like remake the uh, Obi-Wan Darth Vader scenario with Kylo Ren and Luke? Sean, you get this one. I need to think. That would be really cool. I would, I would love to see that. Just, just Obi Wan as the character, and with with Kylo Ren, they have, they have a lot of similarities as well. It's I don't know. I'm losing my mind. That's what happens. You start talking Star Wars, and it's like, uh oh, I got another theory in my head. Uh oh, I got to play this one out. It, no, it, it's so hard to pinpoint what it really talking. is. It really is, and specifically when it comes to what you're talking about. Um, if, if this is new for anybody else, um, welcome to Star Wars. <laughs> but <laughs> the cool part about um, the Kylo Ren to Luke relationship is that, of course, we know, or maybe you don't know, that Kylo Ren was once part of Luke's Academy. Um, and that was kind of touched upon in the book Bloodlines in some ways, that Leia wanted to send Kylo Ren off, or Ben Solo at the time, to Luke's Academy because she was very concerned about his willingness to look into his grandfather, to look at Darth Vader's history, and the willingness to want to explore that in different ways. So when Kylo Ren or Ben Solo was at Luke's Academy, obviously he turned on Luke, and he said, I ain't gonna have any of this. Supreme Leader Snoke is offering me powers that you can't even offer me as one of the most powerful Jedi of all time. And that's when Luke's Academy was destroyed. Now, in very many ways, the relationship between Luke and Kylo Ren is very similar to Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi because one turned on its, his master in many ways. Could we see that play out with Kylo Ren and Luke? I think episode eight is the one to do it. It is going to be the episode that is going to explore that. And it's gonna be fascinating to see how Luke is able to handle that. Because obviously he's, he's only dealt with death within his family, you could, you could say. This is on a totally different level. This is family, but this is somebody in his family who has a direct connection to the Force. And, you know, obviously, unless we, unless we find out something new about Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, I, I don't believe they were Force users in any kind of way, unless uh, Uncle Owen is Darth, Darth Owen, but Darth Owen, I, that, there's another theory for you, Darth Owen and Darth Beru. Um, but, this is going to be an eye-opener for him if he has to go one-to-one, face-to-face with his, I guess, what would you call it? It would, it would be his uh, nephew. nephew. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it's so hard to place the, the Skywalker family and, and its lineage and everything else. Yeah, true. True. So, I mean, yes, that's actually a really good point. He also has to deal with the part of, well, Kylo Ren is basically a Vader fanboy in many ways. He really, like, worships his grandfather in many ways. How am I going to be able to take this kid who worships my father and be able to sway him or defeat him in any kind of way? And that's going to be a real Especially with the relationship with uh, Leia and Kylo Ren when they get back after Han. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a tough one to watch on the screen. I think now... Obviously, with Carrie Fisher passing away, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of reports that you know, <laughs> I'll just say it here. Um, 
we heard that from Carrie Fisher's brother that he was supposed to be in episode nine, Kathleen Kennedy comes out of Star Wars Celebration and is like, no, 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 don't, don't listen to, don't listen to Tommy. Only listen to me. Only listen to Kathleen. Kathleen is the one who makes up the decisions on it. Do I believe it? No, because that's just, that's just the marketing scheme in many ways. And, uh, I think it's a great point. I definitely think that we're going to see that conflict play out, and I think we're going to see it play out pretty early on. I don't see them waiting for that, because I think the main conflict is going to be Ray and somebody else, whether it's Kylo Ren or Luke, somebody, or Luke. that would be great, um, at the end of the episode. So great, great question. I love that one. To go back to what you just said yeah. about with Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia for episode nine, one of the things that I had heard that I listened to that uh, was Princess Leia will be in episode exactly. nine. She said Carrie Fisher mm -hmm. will not. Right. Mm -hmm. So are you guys open for anybody open to recasting Princess Leia? I mean, we said we saw that especially with the Harry Potter trilogy with. I was Dumbledore, and, yeah. and then we cast him, he passed away. So, I mean, I, I think Carrie Fisher would, wouldn't mind recasting herself, because we know her personality, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind recasting her, just... There's such a fine line with this, and just stemming back to Rogue One, um, the CGI piece where you had Leia, to, if you haven't seen Rogue One, oh, sorry. <laughs> but at the end of Rogue One, we see a CGI Leia and she says, hope. And first of all, I, I, I couldn't find any tissues near me during that moment, but it was like, and it came at the worst time too. I mean, she had just passed away like literally days before I went to go see it. And just to see that moment was, oh man, it was a heartbreaker. And just to, just to kind of, it's fascinating because they could play the CGI role. They could say, you know what, we kind of liked it in Rogue One, even though the fans have mixed reactions about it. Let's try that. Personally, if you want to recast her, do it. Because like just like the Han Solo film that's coming out next year, Alden Ehrenreich has taken on the role of Han Solo. It's going to take some time for us to adjust to it. It's going to take a good 15 to 20 minutes. But the minute you hear one of those lines, <laughs> you know, like, um, I got a bad feeling about this. When you hear Alden Ehrenreich say that, then it's like, this is Han Solo. But this the, is the guy that we remember. If they can do that properly with Carrie Fisher, and they can have her say one of her most ep epic lines in Star Wars at some point, I mean, that would be such a nice little tie-in. And I don't like the root of CGI. Let's keep it natural. Let's keep yeah. the way that George Lucas wanted it. Because I totally believe that George Lucas would have recasted Leia if something had happened to Karen Fisher in the past. He is somebody that would have jumped on that specifically. You just gotta be careful who you recast, though. Yeah. Would you suggest for a recast? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> what are you thinking, Sean? What was that again? What would you suggest for a recast? Ooh, oh boy, we gotta play the movie trivia card here. I don't know. I see. Okay, sorry. I have to think about that. Yeah, okay, I know. Um, if you want to talk about recasting Leia, you have to keep it within within the Fisher family. I think there's got to be somebody. And I'm for, for young Leia, probably Billy Lord. Well, it could be a young Leia. Well, it wouldn't be a young Leia. It would have to be somebody much older if we're talking about... I mean, about if, if we're thinking about another movie in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... 
if she's gonna appear in Yetzel 9. Mm. That's, right. the, that's the tough one. That's the tough one to play. Um, I think probably the one person we can keep our eye out for, and maybe they did this on purpose. I have my theory about who Laura Dern is going to play in episode eight. However, if you want to recast somebody as Leia, Laura Dern would be a great, great Princess Leia. She has the same kind of attitude when she is in a film. She has the same kind, I mean, you guys remember her from Jurassic Park. She was like, <laughs> she was like head first into everything throughout Jurassic Park, and I kind of see that. Uh, the third one. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't get into the third Jurassic Park, but um, I, I think Laura Dern would be an interesting casting if they want to explore that in any kind of way. It matters how she plays out in episode eight. I, I just don't know who, it's, it's hard to replace the Carrie Fisher. They said mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher did all her scenes for episode right. eight, though. Right, exactly. Do, but do we know about anything about episode nine, though? I know there's so many so many circulating rumors when it comes to well Carrie Fisher did the first quarter of episode nine well you know then if you're gonna do the first quarter then what happens to the other three quarters of the film because Leia is taking on such an important role in episode eight I mean so many reports have come out Ryan Johnson has said himself in reports from Entertainment Magazine the New York Times when it's come to the f the filming of Star Wars episode eight that. Princess Leia is going to take, or sorry, I should say General Leia, uh, is going to take a major, major role in Episode Eight and into the beginning of Episode Nine. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be fascinating to see what they do, and I think it's gonna be a true test for Star Wars as well about how they approach this. I mean, Mark Hamill's starting to get older. Obviously, Peter Mayhew has a backup in plan because we saw them perform in Episode Seven in a lot of the running scenes. But, you know, as Star Wars ages, it's, it's something, I mean, I'm not saying we have to have a backup for Daisy Ridley, I don't think that's happening anytime soon, but um, I, I definitely think they have to start thinking about that, and this is going to be a great test to how the Star Wars Especially with the, moves. the new Han Solo movie with the casting Lando with Donald Glover. Aaron. Aaron. Alden Aaron. Yeah, Alden Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, Alden, Alden Aaron. Aaron. And we don't, we don't know if Princess Leia is going to be in the Han Solo movie at all. Right, right, and that's going to be interesting to see whether, I mean, the Han Solo film obviously is still in production, it was something that's been worked on ever since the release uh, of Force Awakens, it was already in their books that they were going to do this film, it was just the casting wasn't announced until more recently. If we see a young Leia in this upcoming Star Wars film, which of course is, well, Han Solo in terms of anthology films, it would be fascinating to see who they can throw in there to play the role of young Leia. And if they do it, and they do it right, I mean, you have somebody who could, in the future, play in a young Leia movie or in an older Leia film right. as we move on with these anthology films. Right, we, we, you just need, again, find the right actress to play her. Yeah. And have her, not her personality as Leia as a character. Absolutely. Anybody else have any other kind of questions when it comes to the Star Wars universe? Any questions I mean, about our podcast? Yeah, about the podcast, what it's like to be doing the be in the podcast uh, world. Um, you know, uh, just to give you guys some background on how long we've been doing it. This is our thirteenth month doing a Star Wars podcast. We were recently up for a Star Wars Podcasting Awards as Best New Show. We're currently up for the LA Podcast Awards for Best New Show. So we'll see how that goes in the fall. 
But the Star Wars podcasting community, if you guys don't know about it, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. There's unmistakably Star Wars. There's Rebel Force Radio. There's a lot of, lot of great podcasts out there. And the beauty of podcasting is not necessarily us sitting down. I mean, recently we've been cranking out content because of Celebration and uh, because of everything happening in Star Wars. But it, it's it's really connecting with the fans, I have to say, Sean, has been probably one of our best parts. Especially with our first con on Grand Estate. Mm. Just every con that we go to, we always have a fan reactions, and it's all been great. And every, every time, it... It just blows my mind that we're doing this. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Sean and I met back in high school, and we, we didn't even think that we were going to get to this Mid point. Middle school. Well, we started really middle school. I know. You know more than me uh, when we first met. But we reconnected in high school, and it was like, hey, let's do this thing. And I have to say, we couldn't have, been, we couldn't have timed this at, at a better time for Star Wars uh, to launch the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. And of course we have some great people in the collecting world as well. If you guys are Star Wars collectors or you like to collect pop figures or any of that kind of stuff, we have great resources. Um, we might as well touch upon some collecting while we're here because there's so many great things when it comes to Star Wars collecting as well. Um, even with some of the villains as well, one of my personal favorites is the Unmasked Vader pop vinyl. I love that thing. So much fun to play, you know, to play with. I, I know that sounds silly because I'm I'm a, I'm a grown adult at this point, but it, it's hard. It's hard when you're a Star Wars fan not to take out the old Kenner AT-AT Walker and start, you know, especially with the, bring those into school. Especially with the Black Series, I, I've grown to love the Black Series. Mm. And I, I, the one the one I recently got was the uh, the Ahsoka one. Uh, well, I love Ahsoka. If you guys are a fan <laughs> of the Clone Wars, but the designs on that are. Unreal. It, mm. Bring bringing back collecting. It's 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 growing bigger as a community for stars collecting in general. And we have a few collectors in our our podcast, and one for vintage, one for new stuff. And it's it's been great. It's been a lot of fun being able to not just talk about the films and the, the beauty. Uh, you know, I say I say this all the time. The beauty of the Star Wars universe is not just the films. There's just so much more to it. I mean, you talk about, you know, Sean and I are here today talking Star Wars with you guys. We travel across now, all across New England and the Mid-Atlantic now to talk Star Wars. And for fans, it, it stretches beyond, beyond just the films. It goes into the books, it goes into the collecting, it goes into radio, it goes into other small films. You know, there's, there was a great independent film that just came out. It was The Smuggler's Story. Um, which was about Han Solo and some of Chewbacca's adventures with him. And that was a fan-made film, and it felt like a, a full-fledged anthology film. The other one I saw was the one with the Darth Maul one. Oh, the Darth Maul one. It, it's really well done, mate. It's, it felt like it was like a, a feature film by, by, just, by students, basically. Mm. It was beautifully done. It was beautifully done. Um, one of the other things we want to talk about here while we have Star Wars fan audience here is, you know, as we're talking about the future of Star Wars, we had a future of Star Wars panel last year, and we went to Hartford Comic Con, we were at Grand State Comic Con, we went to White Mountain Comic Con with it, and we were we were lucky enough to sit down with Nalini Krishan, who played Barriss Afee in the Star in Star Wars episode two, and made us brief attack of clones, and then obviously was cut out from episode three, but she gave us some great insight into what it was like to work with George Lucas, and what it was like being around him. And 
it was so great to see him at Celebration this year. I think a lot of fans were taken back. It was like, wow, George Lucas finally showed up at a Disney event. I thought that relationship was gone, but obviously and not. Apparently he's still in Star Wars. And apparently he's still around and still alive because they don't talk about him at all. <laughs> or, or as we call him, Uncle George, because in the Star Wars community, he, he's like an uncle to us. I mean, he's the guy, he's part of our family. He's the one who jump-started everything. But when it specifically comes to the future of Star Wars, one of the things Sean and I always like to talk about is that, of course, Star Wars is extending itself through 2030. There are a lot of lot of speculations that it may even extend itself beyond that into the 2060s. They have that much content planned for Star Wars fans that we're talking about. I mean, in reality, another 40 years of content in many ways. Hope we're still alive for that. I, I hope so too. I hope I hope that nothing comes upon us. A great plague, um, zombies. Um, I'm, I'm hoping nothing like that happens. Droids. Droids. Yeah, yeah. Droid uprising. That would be that'd be very concerning. A five oh first uprising, you know, those all those stormtroopers. It's already happened. I already almost got choked out by a uh, stormtrooper for one of my comments about Scarif stormtroopers from Rogue One. But other than that, we can save that for a different conversation because that was a little disturbing. But um, one 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 of the best parts is that if Star Wars has this universe lined up for quite some time. Obviously, the one that's on the books right now, other than the Han Solo anthology film, is that they're going to try and try and try it, and we didn't get it at Celebration, was an Obi-Wan film. Have Ewan McGregor come back. And have Ewan McGregor come back to play the role, and that we see Ewan McGregor in the sands of Tatooine, doing everything he can to fight off Tusken Raiders, to fight off the Empire, to protect Luke. And I would love to see that. Not, not necessarily do I want to see Obi-Wan holding a screaming baby in any kind of way, because I think that would get very disturbing at times. But I think <laughs> Obi-Wan fighting off Tusken Raiders would be a really, really cool thing. And I know there was a recent report. It's a flying rumor. And one of the things we like to do is debunk rumors here at the Podcast Network. And there's a flying rumor that the director of Mr. Robot, which is a wonderful, wonderful TV series, is going to be the one who's going to pick up the Kenobi film. And I can see him making a very down and dirty Kenobi film that really explores the, the planet of Tatooine because we only know it as the place where Luke grows up as and Tusken Raiders and Jawas, you know, that's all, that's, all we, that's all we know. That's all we know about this planet and that Anakin Skywalker came from there. It'd be nice to know how Moss Eisley really expands beyond into Tatooine because Jakku kind of did that in The Force yeah. Awakens. I, I, I really hope this rumor is true because I, I love Sam as a writer. He's, he's such a good writer, and I hope for Obi Wan to have a complex, not complex, but a good written Obi Wan movie. I would love to see that. And Ewan McGregor uh, is very underrated, very underrated in many ways. Um, his his role, and, and you know, Star Wars fans can talk about the prequels and everything. Of course, I've I've begun to really respect the prequels because without the prequels, we wouldn't have the story today. We wouldn't have Star Wars in Disney and this new production of films in any kind of way. And Ewan McGregor, he played such a fantastic Obi Wan. He was Obi Wan when I saw it. Anytime I see a picture of Obi Wan, I'm like, that's either Alec Guinness or that's Ewan McGregor. That's the only two people I see playing this character, and now, of course, Alec Guinness can no longer, unless they want to bring him back in CGI, like they did with Tarkin, uh, which would be a little weird. Uh, that happened. <laughs> with the flinching of the eye. Uh, but um, it'd be kind of cool to see Ewan come back to this universe. He's had enough time to work on other projects and to 
build himself up as an actor beyond the prequels. It, it, was, it was really good to see Hayden Christian too at Story Salvation. Yeah, that was and, a great little thing. I mean, do we see him in any format in The Last Jedi as well? Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, we could see somebody play out. Obviously, Hayden Christensen was at Star Wars Celebration, so whether we see um, him in Episode Eight is going to be fascinating. But back to Ewan McGregor, when it comes right. to how he's going to fit into this universe, and maybe some of the spin-off films we could see. Listen, I'm going to lay I'm going to lay all three out on the line for you, Sean, and you guys. Right. A Kenobi film is a definite. I'm still on the on the fences about a, a Boba Fett bounty hunter film. You'd have to include more bounty hunters if you're going to do that. You'd have to have it be Boba Fett and IG88 and uh, I'm more of a, uh, a TV series for this, TV series. instead of a film. I think it would make m much more sense either an HBO show or an FX or Netflix. But the other standalone film that I think that would make a lot of sense, and we've kind of seen this seen this progress here in the Star Wars universe is a standalone film that focuses on the villains specifically, because we have that balance of good and bad. I want to see a standalone film that just focuses on the Empire. What is it like to be a TIE fighter pilot in the Empire? What is it like to be somebody who, like almost like an Agent Callus in many ways within the Star Wars Rebels. You know, he's a character who obviously went from working in the Empire for a very long time, now is part of the Rebellion, and is somebody who is seen as um, kind of an insider into the Empire. I'd like to see a story play out like that in some ways. Well, it was starting yeah. to see that in not just films, but in uh, TV shows and video games, especially in the new Star Wars Battlefront game that's coming up. You're playing as a, a female trooper for the dark side, and that it is playing as a hero for herself, or her. She thinks she's the hero, what, or Jedi, whatever. Jedi side, dark side, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> now, do you guys play the Star Wars video games at all? Do you play Battlefront? Do you play, okay. This is really cool, and when I heard this announcement coming out of Celebration, I got really excited, and I'd like to hear what you guys think of this as well, is that for the first time in the canonized Star Wars universe, we have a video game, which is Star Wars Battlefront 2, and obviously this campaign mode where we're going to be following a TIE fighter pilot that is a, of very great importance to the Empire at this time. Um, is obviously in a high rank in terms of um, their role in the TIE Fighter Squadron. And for the first time, the, the campaign within the video game is also going to be played out in a canonized novel. We're going to follow the same character in, uh, I believe it's be, being called Battlefront 2 Inferno Squadron, which is the name of the squadron that she is part of. So for the first time, as you're playing the video game, the campaign mode, you can also read the book and get to know this character at the same time. And that's something that Star Wars really hasn't explored in any kind of way, and it's going to be really cool to see play out once I mean, that, November. That's a really smart move, especially for uh, Battlefront. I think it, it, it helps people to understand that video games and books, the Star Wars universe connects with it, with anything. I'm excited to play it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of video game players are excited for Battlefront 2 because, I mean, we should have seen a, a campaign mode in the first Battlefront. We should have seen that play out, and that was the big complaint from a lot of Star Wars gamers was that, um, and even some of the Knights of the Old Republic fans who love, love those uh, those kind of modes and those kind yeah. of uh, adventures that you go on. Um, it's something that had to have been done, and for Star Wars to say, you know what? The canonized novels are working beautifully. 
the Thrawn novel is doing a great job of taking that character, bringing him back from Legends and bringing him into canon. The Aftermath series, even though I've said before the first one was not the best, the next two did a wonderful, wonderful job setting up the events of The Force Awakens and everything that happened. It makes a lot of sense that if we are to continue in this universe, let's pair up a video game story with a book so that Star Wars fans can say, okay, I'm playing as this character, let's find some source material rather than going through game guides and having to go through and try to find some more background in, in the info sections. You can actually read a book about these characters. You can actually get to know what their role is in the Empire or within the Rebellion. And it adds an extra level to your gaming experience. And I think it's also a great, I mean, everything that Disney does is marketing. Don't get me wrong. Disney is all about the marketing and the moolah at the end of the day. We're saying that as a Star Wars podcast network, but and hopefully they're not listening, which I know they are probably somewhere. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're all about that. They're all about finding the best way to make the money, but also to please the fans at the same time. And I think this pairing, whether they pair up, they, we want to talk about something great, but a PS, a, P, a PlayStation bundle with the game and the book would be awesome. I think a lot yeah, of fans. That's would, great marketing. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they'd have a lot of fun with that. And I think that if it does happen, it, it would be a wonderful, wonderful thing for this universe. And, and then there's also like uh, DLC stuff. Are we going to see? Maybe a DLC is of a different character. Right. Right. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool to see play out in this video game. But yeah. Any other questions, comments you guys have? Maybe it comes to gaming, maybe it comes to the films. I have a question. Why didn't they do the book thing with the Force Unleashed games as well? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, they did. And the thing about the Force Unleashed books with the game was that, of course, when Disney took over, they said, you know what? Those Force Unleashed books, they're technically legends now. They're not really canonized in any kind of way. And that was kind of very unfortunate because they did try doing that. They did try to line up the books with the game. And that was a, that was a lot of fun, that game. And to have source material to back it up was a great thing. But then, of course, the minute it hit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically, to put it in, in in all aspects, you just need the the right storyline to do it. Just it, it's hard, it's hard, especially with books. Why, yeah. Why do you think they uh, decided to go the, with this new canon instead of just doing animated versions of the EU? Hmm. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, in animated versions of the EU. Why do you think they? decided to go into like the force awakens and all these other things when they already have source material there that they could have canonized i mean i i think it's just i think it's just more stars for us is just i don't know just i, just, I think just it's marketing i mean i don't i don't think it's a good idea i wish they, i wish they do more of in depth of different characters but I, any Star Wars, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any kind of Star Wars we can get. Um, I've had various opinions on this throughout my fandom. And one of the things when it comes to Star Wars canon is that if it's going to make money, they're going to do it. I think that the Star Wars EU and the Legends content is really such a small fan base group. Um, there are fans out there, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of fans that love the Legends and the EU, and they could have definitely abused that material. 
But I think that they decided to step back for a second. They say, you know what? We're gonna focus on bringing this new canon in for the younger fans. Now we're starting to see the inclusion of Grand Admiral Thrawn in the canon. We're going to start to see, maybe as we move forward here, some more characters from the EU and the Legends into the canon content. Whether we see, and probably one of the best ways to include the EU and the Legends universe into Star Wars would be to do something with the Old Republic. And maybe we'll see that play out in the future. I think we're looking at a time gap here. I don't think they're going to continue these films after episode um, nine. I think they're going to take a small break because they want to try to do something different within that timeline so that fans can get content that's not only going to make money for them, but it's going to be enough to please the fans. Which could it's, be it's, it's probably, like, It would please me. I'm, a, I'm a <laughs> such a huge... You're not easy to please, trust me. No, I'm such a huge old Republic fan, and just all this, the characters, I just would love to see them either on screen or in, in a video game or more, more for the games, but... <laughs> yeah, please, another Knights of the Old Republic. Please, Star Wars, please do something with that, because that was a ton of fun. So many, so many hours that could have been spent on homework was on that. Yeah, <laughs> it was all right. I can probably say I still graduated from college, um, even with the Knights of the Old Republic. But yeah, I mean, I think if there's going to be a time frame for them to explore Legends in the EU, bring it into canon, and do some content with it, I definitely think it's going to be in the near future. It's, it's going to come at some point because there's enough fan demand for it. Um, and it's not just the hardcore Star Wars fans. You know, other Star Wars fans are starting to explore the Knights of the Old Republic and they're saying, wow, Imagine this in a film. Imagine if we could put Darth Revan in a Star Wars film with Darth with Darth Malak and have him go up against Mandalore the Ultimate. I mean, that would be. I'm sorry, I just nerded out a little bit there. But that that would be so cool to see play out. It would. I, I just want more Star Wars stuff. Just <laughs> anything Star Wars. It, I'm again. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, any kind of Star Wars we can get. We are going to do it, and we are going to talk about it here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. Any other questions, comments you guys might have when it comes to Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, what would you be most excited to see about a new Star Wars content, either uh, from Legends or underdeveloped things from, mm. from the other Star Wars series? I gotta think about this one, Sean. You go. Me, I'm such a I'm a big Darth Nihilus fan, and I would love to see him on on a like a solo film. Just see his steps of how he became a, a Sith, Sith Lord, and it'd be it'd be kind of cool. it'd be kind of like a trying to think of a comparison to to it like maybe like a not not like a Harry Potter dark no no, film, I, but I know what you, no yeah no I know what you're trying to say almost like a very um, medieval type yeah to it. like yeah. medieval yeah thank you I do that all the time. Yeah. So you guys know, I'm, I'm always correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly wrong all the time. No. Okay. No, but I would love to see like a, me- like a medieval type dark novelist film. Just because it would be so different in the Star's film. I think they've already kicked it off in terms of what I would like to see in the Legends come into canon and maybe some more content around it. I think... Grand Admiral Thrawn is the one thing I wanted to see play out. I mean, just the way he is able to scheme, the way that he is able... I mean, you, you talk about a, a character, and he's so unique. 
He doesn't defeat his enemies through just true superpower. He defeats his enemies through understanding their art and their culture and the ways of their thinking. And, I mean, we saw it play out in Rebels. He even got to know Harris Syndulla's family and Cham Syndulla and actually played on her mind as a way of, of not necessarily defeating her but taking her back a step. Like the one, the, yeah. No. I was gonna say, like he's he's basically playing chess. Yeah, exactly. You, I know you brought that up in the last episode. It's taking a slow. He, that's it's a, it's a slow burn from to t take everything, take over, and he's moving that piece. Either the pawn or queen. It, it, he's such an interesting character, and I would love to see him more in the, not just in an animated show, like or. I would love to see him in a, a film, too. A Grand Admiral Thrawn film would be absolutely wonderful because you do have an actor um, in um, Mads Mikkelsen's, um, or no, sorry, Ben Mendelsohn's brother who's doing the voice of him right now. Um, I think it's Nick Mendelsohn is the one who's doing the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. But if you are to do something more with Grand Admiral Thrawn, and this has been, as a Legends person and somebody who loves to dig through the books, probably much like you, there's somebody who likes to look at the entire spectrum of Star Wars. If you're going to bring back Grand Admiral Thrawn, we've talked about it, it's so hard to keep out the Yuuzhan Vong. It's so hard because that is what helped him pursue the Emperor's trust. He told, the, he told the Emperor in the Thrawn Trilogy that the only way for him to be successful and to help the Emperor is if I scratch your back, you're going to scratch my back, and we're going to get rid of the Yuuzhan Vong, who's completely tearing apart the Chiss uh, people out in the outer regions. And I think if they are to keep on this Grand Admiral Thrawn train here, because obviously it's working beautifully, they just put out a book about it, um, you got to bring back the Yuuzhan Vong because there's so much great content there that I think you could even put an entire film around. And whether it happens or not, I don't know because a lot of people are a little skeptical about how the Yuuzhan Vong would come into play, whether it would be the best move for Star Wars. Because then you have to tell another story, then you have to develop another book about that. You were Sam, Sam has a button. Mr. Robot would be there too. Yeah, you can talk to him about that, but. I don't know if he'll, be, if he'll want to do that if he's got the Kenobi yeah. film under his under his belt. But specifically, when it comes to a Legends character, for me, it's either Thrawn or it's Darth Revan because I am obsessed. The minute that Black Series figure of Darth Revan hit the market, I was like, "Bam, it's mine! I've got to have it." So waiting for the Nihilist one to go. I know you are. You've been. You've been. <laughs> but Darth Revan would be another great character to see his story play out because, again, that's somebody who. Great Jedi, that open term, um, went from the dark side to the light once again. So, yeah, basically, Thrawn, Darth Revan, and Darth Nihilus. Yeah. Those would be the three. Any other questions? Questions, comments, concerns? No? Yeah, well, at least, at least I said concerns and nobody raised their hand. Unless there's something. I'm concerned. I know you're concerned. You're always concerned about what we do here. They released it yet for uh, season three Star Wars Rebels DVD? Ah, uh, no, no. I think it's coming soon because the season starts right around Some, September. Uh, October, September. Late August, September, I think. Oh, yeah, August, September. Early September. September July, August? Yeah, probably just before then, just just before the uh, summer comes to a close, we're probably going to see a season three. And I, I can't wait to see what the bonus features in that are going to be because there was a lot of stuff that Dave Filoni 
did or did want to put in Star Wars Rebels this season that did not make the final cut in terms of some of the characters. He did that with Clone Wars as well a lot. He had other things developed. We saw it at Celebration. Yeah. Boba Fett, we were going to find out how his helmet got a ding in it, and it was actually from Cad Bane, which I thought would have been a cool he's, little he's, bounty. He's such a good character <laughs> as a villain. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love his character just because he's... he's He's smart, I think, as a bounty hunter. Yeah, and he he played. He's kind of like Jack Sparrow as Pirates of the Caribbean. That's, that's a, a good, that's a good butter, but evil. <laughs> right, but well, not, no, no, no. that's a fine line you just not, threw. Not, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's going to be so fascinating, guys, to see how the Star Wars universe plays out over the next few years. It's going to be great to see. I mean, if we're talking 2030 for the future of Star Wars, and we're talking about how the villains are going to progress in terms of Kylo Ren's backstory, Supreme Leader Snoke, and even some more Vader, hopefully, at some point. Um, it's going to be great to see how this plays out. It, it really is. is. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for coming to our panel. Thank you. There's one thing we do like to do here on the podcast network, and if you listen to the show, it's a little thing we like to call right here. It's, is it time to do it? It's time to do it right now. In the library? At the, I don't like Shh. Yeah, it's a little thing we like to call plug time here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network, where you guys can find us across social media, some of the events that we have coming up. Sean, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on, on Twitter, Sean Michelle one Follow my Instagram, Zone2434. Uh, find me on Facebook. Follow my music at Bandcamp and SoundCloud, Zone Z. And, and follow us on, on Twitter, Instagram, for our official page. On, also on Facebook. Yep, absolutely. Um, you guys can also check out, we have a table over there. Um, we have some giveaways and stuff that we're going to be doing, some great Star Wars stuff for the fans. You guys can follow me over on Twitter, at Mr. Vote Tweets. You guys can also follow me over on Instagram, at The Official Vote. Make sure to subscribe to the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network on iTunes. On You can listen to us on SoundCloud, too, which is kind of cool. You can take that on the road. Uh, check out BrickCityBlockade.com for everything happening in the galaxy far, far away. And thank you guys once yeah, again for coming you. to our panel. It's been a lot, a lot of fun. It's like we, like we always like to say here on the podcast network, may the force be with you. Always. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.